Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. listening to episode 72 and i also would like to introduce today the okiki video boot camp yes i will be launching a course which i will have a wait list in the show notes and i will be launching some group coaching as well i know there has been a lot of requests lately of people wanting to learn how can they create content for their own brands and so i'm looking forward to bringing you along in the journey with that if that's something that you've wanted to gain skills and techniques on this will be for you you'll learn systems on how to create content effectively and efficiently and have more time for yourself in the process while reaching your clients again you can find the information for the okiki video bootcamp in the show notes below on today's episode, I get to speak to an amazing guest. Her name is Jumi Aluko. And why is she so amazing? Well, I felt like I basically met my twin in Los Angeles, in a way. <laughs> uh, to give some background, she is Nigerian, but she's also a marketing communication strategist. And I can say for a fact, I don't know very many people like me in this field. And we both happen to have contracts with a organization that gives free mental health resources. And so it was really cool to know that she was joining the team and that we had so much similarities. And I thought, I have to reach out to this person. But not only that, she's incredibly accomplished in her space. And I'm just going to name off a few things that she has managed to do in her time in launching this business. So she has gotten to plan major event productions for Nike, LA Fashion Week, and the Miss Black USA pageant. She deals with brand management for growing in small businesses, arts, and in entertainment, and she even helps in the health spaces. But another thing she does is event planning and cultural weddings. So if you have a multicultural wedding, she understands it and she's your go-to and she really crafts these beautiful weddings for people to experience as well. So to hear more about her story, be sure to tune into the podcast. By the way, if you are enjoying the Okiki podcast, be sure to leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave me a review and let me know how are you enjoying this show has it impacted your life in any way and what's your favorite episode let me know and on with today's episode hello everyone and welcome to the okiki podcast and today i'm so excited to have a special guest jumi aluko and she is actually someone that i get to work with through the same company we kind of focus on different things but at the same time we both have our own businesses so i'm really excited to have her on the show today and learn more about her and her journey so jumi thank you so much for being on the show Thank you for having me, Fien. I'm really excited to get to talk to you outside of our respective consulting roles with the organization. So this is this is going to be a great conversation. Definitely. And for those of you who don't know, and you probably will hear this before this episode, but I was really excited when I saw Jumi because she's Nigerian like me, also in marketing. 
and also young and I was like this is super cool like I don't know very many Nigerians in this space because I've kind of brought up before with my cultural background usually it's doctor lawyer engineer so <laughs> this was different and I wanted to know more about her how she got started and all of this so do you mind giving us a bit of a background on your career and educational background how did you get to this this place yeah. where you're at today so it's funny, yes, being Nigerian is like, yes, you're a doctor, lawyer, engineer, something like that, right? I wasn't far off from that. I went, you know, I have my bachelor's in public health, specifically kinesiology. I also have my master's in health administration from GW. And so, yeah, I was definitely on that track <laughs> to working in the, the medical field. I did want to go to medical school at one point, but organic chemistry told me otherwise. So that was not a thing anymore. But it was during that time in grad school that I was really doing a lot of work with a center that was focused on, they, they were planning conferences, planning different events, and I was working very closely with the communications director, and that kind of stuck with me. I, I saw the work that we were doing, and I really did enjoy it, and it was during that time that I actually ended up starting my own event planning company, which was specifically focused on weddings, and so that kind of got me going with the whole entrepreneurial route, and I've just stuck with it since. For sure. And that's such an interesting route to finding like a totally different passion. So I wanted to ask, because you kind of covered what got you started in event planning, mm -hmm. but what inspires you to like really take it to the next level and really get your name out there? Because you've gotten to do some pretty cool projects. So <laughs> how did you get into it in that serious kind of way? I think it's just knowing that it's something that I actually truly enjoy. You know, I think we can get into any field, any opportunity that we really want to, but whether or not we continue with it, really, it's determined by how we actually feel about it. So for me, I knew I really enjoyed planning events. Like, I love seeing the expression on people's faces when it's happening at the end, talking to them after. Yes, during it, it's very stressful. People, you know, <laughs> we've got all kinds of emotions that come out while you're planning an event, but... For me, I know that not everybody has the skills to handle the thousands of logistical pieces that are necessary to pull this together. And so being able to help them, that is really, really resonates with me. And I think that's kind of in alignment with like the healthcare and the medical field is like you're helping somebody. But I'm able to do that same kind of thing and get that same kind of expression from the people that I help when I'm planning their events. And so I'm able to do that. And then I realized that I love really just communicating with people. And so that's how I really got into the marketing and the communications and, and the PR specifically that I do, because it's like, okay, well, what are you trying to do? Let's talk about it. How do we get to that vision? Is an event part of that vision? Or if not, who do you want to connect with? What audience member do you want to talk to? So that's how I like brought it all full circle. And I, I just really, really enjoy it. Like, I don't think I would be doing any anything else. Yeah, I, I just really, really enjoy what I'm doing. That's really cool. And so I wanted to ask you, in knowing that this was what you wanted to do and going for it, what was your biggest obstacle then in launching this company? And how did you overcome it? Definitely fear. <laughs> Definitely fear. I had no idea what it meant to be an entrepreneur. You know, like I've seen it kind of sort of on TV, you read about it you hear about it but it wasn't like that was a traditional path that was talked about in school wasn't really talked about family wise and so it was one of those things where i was just like 
think I want to do this, but I'm not actually sure. I mean, for the longest time I was doing it, but I was still kind of on Indeed and Idealist and Craigslist being like, all right, let me find a full-time job because <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing. And so I think that was honestly one of the biggest things that was scary for me is just completely the fear of the unknown. When you're starting your own business, there's no roadmap for it because everybody's experience is different. You know, like I was going to webinars, going to networking events, and I was hearing people's stories. But when it came down to it, I was just like, oh. None of these people actually have similar experiences as me. They were either, you know, still working full time. So they were using their full time money to supplement their side hustle or they were getting money from their spouses or their parents or their families were giving them a certain amount of money to start the company. And that just wasn't me at all. So I was like, if these are the only ways that I can have a company, I'm never going to have a company at all. But I had to stop and say, like, this can't be it. There's got to be another way to really push this forward. And I can't let this fear of not having seen it stop me from doing something that I know that A, I'm good at, and B, I'm really, really passionate about. Like, yes, it's easy to work for somebody and get all of the, I'll get your money on a regular every two weeks or every month basis consistently, but is that really still igniting you what you want to do every single day? And the answer is no, then you got to find what you're really passionate about and go for it regardless of what it looks like in front of you. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of interesting points there because you mentioned how you saw different ways people run business for sure. And like, you know, some people do get that kickstart financially. Some mm -hmm. people do have a working spouse to mm -hmm. help them out, which is definitely beneficial. <laughs> um, and then you weren't seeing like yourself necessarily in those processes. So you're like, okay, so if that's how to do business and how do I do business? Exactly. And so I guess my question for you and that is how did you start off then? How did you find those initial clients how did you get that kickstart to actually be able to functionally do this because i would assume in the states i know in canada where i am mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of businesses there's probably a lot of event planning i would assume that's triple where oh, yeah. you live so i'm trying to figure out what then did you do to really like get people to notice you outside of what was already there especially when you didn't have the initial kickstarter support yeah it was tough i won't sugarcoat it it's hard it's still difficult but i i was just relentless about it like i was living in dc like emerging from maryland i was working in dc before i came out here i was working for a great healthcare organization one of the top in the, the dmv as a clinical research coordinator and so i decided to leave that job and move to california in 2018 and everybody thought I was crazy <laughs> because I'm going from something that's 100% known and secure to an entrepreneurial venture 2,000 plus miles away from anybody and everybody that I know. And so when you are put in a position to make something happen, you are going to make it happen. Come hell or high water, you have to make it happen. And so even though I was not seeing me reflected in a lot of the people that I was looking at who were starting businesses or had these successful businesses, I still saw opportunity. And I was looking at other industries to see what were other people doing? What were they doing to get clients? What were newer freelancers doing to secure that initial situation? How were they positioning themselves? So while I came out with just a wedding planning business, I said, I have to position myself in a way to actually get the conversation started. So I was like, 
I'm a wedding planner who can also do marketing events, which sounds crazy <laughs> when you stop and think about it. But it was like, hey, I needed to do what I needed to do to make sure that they knew that I had a little more than just a wedding plan because not everybody needs a wedding planner right now. And so I honestly was on Craigslist every single day looking at the gig section looking at the job section but i wasn't applying for jobs i was finding these posts and seeing if they had email addresses that looked legit not just a craigslist email address but an actual info at company name and email address and i was sending out cold emails every single day i had a goal to send out at least 10 cold emails a day and i would be going through hundreds of listings i was like i was looking at my bank account dwindle <laughs> you know so I was doing that knowing that I wanted to have my own clients while also still doing, you know, contractor gigs where I could go and work under a company and get that experience and get those networks. So it was a lot of everything to really get there. And once I got that initial client, that was definitely a confidence booster. And I did get that initial client off of Craigslist, off of that conversation on Craigslist. And it was definitely a confidence booster. And that allowed me to say, okay, this isn't a pitch that I can use. This is an angle that I can talk about. This is what I've done for this client. Now let me continue to do it even on a smaller scale and that's just how it continued to build up the momentum from there a lot of what I was hearing I'm sure you know about this as well was get on social media get on social media I personally just am not a social media person for myself and it was hard for me to do it for my business because I really did not have that confidence that what I was doing you know had something to visually be represented on social media and so that wasn't my outlet I knew that wasn't my strength and I did not want to perpetrate myself and put myself say that this is what I'm doing and get the clients that were expecting a certain level of output so social media was not my thing it my strength is writing my strength is communicating with people and I utilize that and continue to utilize that to get my business further and further along that's really fascinating too. And just going through Craigslist and going through the opportunities and that might sound funny, but it's also like really cool because you're really trying to see like, okay, who's actually asking for this? Exactly. Like, what do they need? And like, just exactly. trying to like engage them. And then another reason why I wanted to bring up how you reach those clients is because you have a pretty interesting resume of even like major brands you've gotten to work with. Mm -hmm. And so just even curious how you got to work with them. And then I also understand you do weddings and mm -hmm. you do like very interesting <laughs> weddings. So just talking about how you got to work with those major brands, especially as someone who's not super keen on putting themselves on social yeah. media, which we know influence or marketing is usually like a huge huge thing and also even getting those interesting types of weddings like what kind of communication style I guess did you develop to like really talk to these to bring people? that in <laughs> yeah for the weddings because it was my first foray into entrepreneurship I did a lot of research about the wedding industry and I mean full transparency the wedding industry is very stereotypical like there's a certain look for it, there's a certain kind of wedding planner there's a certain kind of wedding that is done and you could literally have a toolkit that says put up put your wedding and it'll look like this i knew that that wasn't my strength because growing up i come from a family of seven just internally and then i've got a massive external family right extended family so i've been around events all the time we had events all the time around weddings all the time. And they were always a cultural event, a Nigerian wedding, something like that. So I knew what those look like. I knew how to put those together. I knew that that resonates with me because I know I'm gonna have fun putting it together. I know I can relate to the couples. I know that this is something that your typical wedding planner doesn't understand. So why not position myself 
as the wedding planner for those couples who want to bring their ethnic and cultural diversity, their backgrounds into the weddings. And so that's really how I started like, listen, this is how I want to do it. (laughs) This is who I'm targeting. And that's how I've been able to do like a really lovely Jamaican wedding, an uh, Ethiopian and Liberian, or sorry, Eritrean and um, Liberian wedding, a Haitian wedding. Like it's just been amazing seeing the cultural weddings that I've been able to do. And it's because I positioned myself specifically as those are the kinds of couples that I want to work with because those are the cultures that I personally understand. And you don't have to tell, you don't have to explain anything to me. I get it when it comes to that. When it comes to the brands that I work with, it's literally been one of those things where it's like, I'm available to do this, so can I work with you? I have no problem saying that I want to do this. You know, I've always been taught, one thing my father's always taught me is if you want something, ask for it. And I was like, okay, that's easy enough. <laughs> like if I would go to him asking for $20, he'd say no. I'm like, at least I asked, maybe next time I'll get it, but at least I asked, you know? <laughs> and so with the brands that I've worked with, one of them, it was a thing of like, I had applied for that one of their jobs when I first got to LA. And then I ended up like getting, taking another position, but I maintained communications with them just because they were good people. I knew they were in the event industry and it was something that I really wanted to make sure that I have a network of vendors that I could work from. So I would always just keep in touch with them. And when the opportunity came for me to work on a major project with a major brand, they reached out to me. And so that allowed our businesses to collaborate on that. Another opportunity was I saw an opportunity that I had never done before, which was Fashion Week, totally out of my scope of working. And I was like, hey, I'm available for this. Like, is this opportunity still available? Went through the process of working with them or, you know, talking to them about the role. And we've been, you know, I'm going into the third season working with them now on the shows. And, you know, it's at that level of there's trust with the whole organization and with the partners and everything like that. So it's really just about if you want something and you don't think that you have the expertise, don't tell yourself that. Just go for it. And you never know what's going to come out of it. And maintain connections and like genuine communication with people that you really, truly connect with because you never know where that's going to take you. I actually love that. I think that's so cool because when I read Jumi's bio on this and like what kind of projects in the company she's gone to work with, I'm just like, whoa, that's insane. (laughs) And I think like I can kind of see myself as like a micro version of you in the sense in my city, there was a fashion festival. And I do remember that I had to ask the organizers directly how I could volunteer, how I could get involved because there was nothing on their site for it. And there usually is I remember seeing them at an event and I just went up to them and that's like not something... (laughs) I think I do more now, but at the time it was, I just really wanted to work there so yeah. badly. And yeah, like- And you totally see a right. lot of people that are always in these positions that are just like, we're human, just ask. Like you can tell us how much you value it, you appreciate it, you're excited about it, but don't leave the conversation at that. Ask for something. Don't be afraid to ask for something. As nerve wracking as it is, yes, nobody likes to get a no, nobody likes to get rejected, but don't not ask for it because of that fear. You know, mm-hmm. you get a hundred percent of the stuff that you don't ask for, that you don't apply for. My sister tells me this all the time. And I tell her the same thing as we're both like, <laughs> should we do it? I'm like, well, you don't get what you don't apply for. So yes, go for it. You never know. And you never know how it I works. love it. You guys are like motivators. Uh, oh yeah. We sisters. hold each other accountable all day, every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> so good. 
And then with the cultural one, of course yeah. I can relate to that too. I think that's so special. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, even with it, is that I think you said you had some like really cool types of weddings you've described. And there seems to be a lot of travel ones too. So, <laughs> so the, another side note with Jumi is like every time <laughs> with my colleagues, they're always like, she's somewhere else. <laughs> and I always find it so fascinating. And I'm like, so you're also getting to do these, like, it sounds like destination weddings as well. Well, it's, like, it's very... destination events in general. Like, so being in oh, California yeah. now, I'm traveling to the East Coast a lot. Or, like, I've gone to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I've gone to the Dominican Republic. So, like, I have these locations that, that I'll go to for whether it's a social event or a venue sourcing trip to see what's out there. And I oftentimes make, like, if I'm going on a vacation, I also kind of make it a work trip so I can see what's out there. So, like, I went to Belize and I was like, oh, this venue would be very lovely for a wedding or a conference (laughs) kind of thing. And then when a client comes to me, if they're asking about different venues, I can say, hey, there's one in this country. (laughs) You know, how how about that? So I do get to do a lot of travel, especially now that travel restrictions have eased a lot. It is really exciting to see the locations that people want to have their events. I love that. And I find it interesting, too, because I'm just tracking your story of how you said you started in like around D.C., which I know to be a very busy place. I have a family member who's doing <laughs> architecture out there and it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot. So there's a lot in the DMV. Interesting yeah. choice to choose. And then to go from there to California. But it sounds like it matches some of these things that you're trying to do and travel. And I was just curious about how that all tied in together. The opportunities in the DMV are very different from the opportunities in California. Like I'd done the policy events, I've done a lot of the political ones, the typical ones, and I, I was looking to do a lot more artistic and creative things, live productions that I haven't done before. And you know, like LA is the home of the Grammys, the BET Awards, the Emmys, all those things. And one of my major goals was to come out here and experience that. And I've been very fortunate to be able to experience the Emmys attending it and seeing how everything works and working the BET Awards and seeing the behind the scenes with that. And, you know, the Grammys is next for me, but I have been able to go to like these Grammy events and see who the production teams are and see who, how they bring external vendors together to pull the shows together. So it's being here is allowing me to be in the mix with regards to that. And the energy and the opportunities is just what I wasn't getting back home, which I'm still grateful for the foundation that I had back home. But what was next was getting to that next level with the opportunities. Definitely. And speaking of opportunities, what was one of the most surprising and I guess growing opportunities you felt you've had as a business owner so far? Well, COVID. (laughs) I can't get through this conversation without mentioning that and events. That thing definitely completely upended business. And it was difficult. It was definitely difficult because right when it hit, I felt like I was getting into a momentum of, you know, having a foundation here in California, having worked a few major events between here and the East Coast and knowing where I wanted to get to. And then COVID hits and you're just like, okay, this is March. By May, we'll be back on it. Summer events will be cool. Not so much. 
So that made me realize that I still have this skill with events and I'm never going to lose that. I'm never going to lose a desire because in my head, I always knew COVID was not going to upend our lives forever. Yes, it's been a few years <laughs> or two years, three years now, but it's not a forever thing. But I learned at that moment that I have other skills that I wasn't necessarily utilizing at the same level that I was utilizing the event planning. And so I really brought that into the forefront, which is now how like I've transitioned into this consulting sphere of I can do events both in person and virtually, but I can also do your strategic marketing. I can also do your brand management and I can do your public relations. So come to me for one thing and let's explore all the different service avenues that I have to really help you as an individual or a brand out. So that was definitely one of the challenges that I've experienced recently that I'm still learning from because obviously we're still kind of <laughs> taking ourselves out of the pandemic, but it definitely helped me to see that I'm not just one dimensional, that I, I came to California pretty one dimensional, but I've definitely evolved over the past few years as somebody who can really strategically build a brand from the ground up, given the right resources, given the right time, and just given the right investment on both sides from both myself and the company or the individual side. Yeah, I love that. And it was funny because when I asked, I wasn't even thinking about the pandemic, but that is huge for the event industry. Yes, And it makes a lot of sense how you mentioned that. And another thing too, in getting to work with you is I've learned that you're really, really good at getting all these like vendors <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to talk about that. And also, yeah. where do you see like all things equal that this thing finally starts to simmer down? Where do you see like your company in the next five years? Being hit me with the hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> with this like empire you're building with all these men. <laughs> Like, I'm actually, yeah, very curious to know, like, what would be like your vision of putting it all together, I guess? No, that's an excellent question. And it's definitely something that I think about all the time of like, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And I think the most honest answer with that is I want to continue to be able to have the flexibility that I have with my business. I want to continue to be efficient with the work that I'm doing. And at the same time, I don't only just wanna help my clients, but I wanna be able to provide opportunities for individuals who might need or might want just like some experience with the kind of work that I'm doing. So whether my company is a multi-million dollar empire or it's just enough for me to do those things, that's really what matters at the end of the day. Like I don't want to compromise my health, my sanity, you know, my family or anything just for the sake of having a business that's a household name. You know, I want to make sure that it is still delivering the quality that people have come to associate with me and my brand. The fact that I'm going to be a client's number one cheerleader and I'm going to get things done and you give me a vision, I'm going to take it, run with it and make sure it's implemented, executed the way you expect it. Maintaining that kind of quality is really where I see my business. And if it's not doing that, then we're going to have to reshuffle and figure out how we can get back to that because that's what's important to me. Like I'm not going to compromise myself for any particular growth. I'm going to make sure that I can do those things that really matter and continue to provide those opportunities and those experiences for people that really, really, truly want them. That's awesome. And last question is, what do you value the most about the position you're in today with your company and with your business? What do I value the most? I honestly love the opportunity to talk to somebody who reaches out 
and get to learn everything about them and get to know what kind of help they need, you know, and then to take it further, if I'm able, if I'm the one that I know that I can help them with that, I'm like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. You know, like instead of working for somebody and being thrown a task, I get to choose what I want to do. I get to choose who I want to help and how we can work together to accomplish their goal. You know, that flexibility and that knowing that outcome is going to be something that is going to make everybody feel good versus just make me know that I'm going to get a check, you know, in a couple of weeks. That's what I think I value the most. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jumi. It was so fun <laughs> to get to interview you <laughs> and get to share your story with our audience. I'm sure you all see in the show notes, there's just a lot to learn from. I know I personally am like thinking about it. I'm like, okay, one day when I have a cultural life <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. So it's, it's at the back of my brain yes. for sure. But no, just really excited to have you here and thank get to you. showcase you to the audience today. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. Absolutely. Thank you for have me I'm, I always appreciate and value when there's a platform where we can have these open and transparent conversations and if it helps one person I am all for it you know like we don't know who's listening and what they needed or how they needed it or if they needed to see somebody like me having a conversation with you whatever the case is like I, I'm thank you for the opportunity to really speak about my story I appreciate it